0: Hello my lovelies, this is The Sober Manifesto. My name is Dinny and I am not only your host, but I am a mindset coach, a realtor, and a manifesting master. With this podcast, it is my intention to inspire you into action to help you elevate your life to receive more wealth and happiness. Whether you want to take your business to the next level, find true love or just attract more money in abundance, this podcast is for you. I will be sharing with you how I personally transformed my life, healing my relationship with money and changing my mindset to believe that I was worthy of being a badass boss bitch. Life is not a competition, people, it is a community, and there is enough abundance for everyone. So join me today as we grow with gratitude, lift each other up, maybe cry a little bit, and just start winning. Hey guys, and welcome to episode six of your new favorite manifesting podcast, The Sober Manifesto, with me, Denora. Well, I know you are waiting a, over a week for this next episode, but unfortunately, we're still having the same tech issues and I'm bringing this episode to you from my living room. So I apologize right now if you hear a series of bangs, but I'm right by the window and it is really windy outside. I am definitely looking for some other options for episode seven. Alas, here we are. I'm not going to complain because it's been an absolutely amazing week. About... Ten days ago, I was approached by a magazine that during a pandemic actually went out of circulation and have decided to do a relaunch. It is a fantastic LGBTQ Plus magazine called Craven and I will be featured in their relaunch edition and I'm so excited. It's a feature in their Extraordinary People portion of the magazine and when I sat down through Zoom with... Um, the fantastic guys over there, Oscar and Fernando. Oh, my God, I absolutely fell in love. They just made me feel so at home Uh, because I've never been interviewed for a magazine before, ever, and I absolutely loved it. So I recommend it highly. Okay, I think we should just jump straight into this week, which is going to be a little different, actually. Now, let me explain why. A couple of years ago, when I first... um, got divorced, well we first split up way before my divorce, I started writing a book called Dear Dear Universe. What I wanted this book to be was a journey through my process of divorce, through my healing, to show you guys how the law of attraction really is a healing process and it is able to give you everything that you want. However, I was wrong, Um. I know, shock everywhere, but here's why I was wrong. I was very broken. My mental health was not good. And as you all know, I was drinking a shit ton. So what this book turned out to be was a reminder of how negative I was inside. And even though my words were positive, because when I read it to myself, sometimes I can feel and I can tell if I was drinking or not. But sometimes I can feel that even though I'm being very, very positive on paper, my subconscious is like, "Mm -mm, honey, uh, uh. So I'm really reformatting, restructuring the book before I release it because I'm writing it now as a healed woman looking back on a very broken child, which is what I was. When my dad died and I started drinking a lot, I had reverted back into this very different person. I just wanted to be my daddy's little girl again. And um, I couldn't, even though I was a a mother and I handled my situations very, very well when I was drinking, don't get me wrong. I was a very functioning alcoholic. I wasn't junk all day, every day. I mean, I, I don't think that all alcoholics are. I was very much a binge drinker just towards the end. That binging was a few times a week. I shouldn't laugh, it's not even funny. My children, even one of them today, she came up to me and thanked me for getting sober because she was getting really worried and I'm very proud of myself. We are looking at one year next month. So what I'd like to do every other week or so is just pick out a little chapter of my book and share it with you. Now this one, this chapter I really like because it's my first encounter with the universe and it's not a negative chapter and it makes me feel very special. That as an adult, I can look back and see that all of my life, I've been a believer. See, did you hear that? That's the banging outside that I was talking about. Angel went hunting yesterday and managed to bag herself a trophy turkey. If you're on my social media, you've probably seen it. But she's hung up the tail feather thingy. Don't listen, don't come for me, I don't know. Um, On the window and the winds just made it bang on there. Alas, I digress, let's go. this chapter is it's one of my favourites. So I'm going to I'm gonna read it like I'm talking to you, so I'm not reading it word for word. But this one is called Our First Encounters. Now, I was very, very young. I couldn't have been more than about five years old. Now, I know this because I was still living in my mother's house and not my dad's. Um, I moved in with my dad when I was about six until I was 15. But I remember sitting in my bedroom. Now, my mother was, has OCD, and she's very, very clean and tidy. So... For me to be able to have toys out, I had to like take one out, put one away, and I remember sitting there with this tiny little teddy bear purse. It was just like a brown face with very tatty ears, and sitting in this pristine room that my mother had decorated like a showroom, and feeling very, very grateful that the threadbare purse had made it through one of her regular cull of my broken toys. We don't do broken toys, you see. If something, even the tiniest thing, happens with it, where it's not. Perfect, my mum would get rid of it. So I, I even now I don't have to I don't have to try too hard to remember how it felt to run my fingers inside it. It had this unlined meshy fabric. Oh, it was it's so beautiful to be able to remember something so clearly from so long ago. Anyway, I remember how disappointed I was that it was empty. Now I don't remember if I said it out loud or in my head, but I remember wishing I could have some sweets, some candy. Chocolate was, and, and is, my life. Now my mum's best friend at the time, my auntie Pat, she owned the local convenience store, but it wasn't far from our house, and I was obsessed with everything candy related. And I've always had a very, very vivid imagination. To this day, even when I'm writing my goals or creating my vision board right now, I can feel it. So if I'm writing about the beach, I can literally feel the sand between my toes. And when i'm asking for something like maybe my dream house with a luxury bathroom i can feel that cold tile on my toes i can actually feel it and is that come with practice no i think i've been doing this all my life but this must have been the case even back then because i went to sleep and when i woke up the purse that my mum would have placed back in the basket underneath my desk where my random toys that couldn't be neatly stored or live so i had this like wicker basket if it couldn't be laid flat or like positioned in one like like blocks or something like that it would be in this little place but it was lying next to me in bed and I as soon as I picked it up I could feel it it was heavier I could like like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory opening his last chocolate bar and finding that little golden ticket and I used that um analogy so often because I th- I think I resonated it with it when I saw it for this moment too but I unzipped my grubby little purse and there they were. Three white chocolate mice, straight from the penny sweet counter at my Auntie Pat's sweet shop. Now I can speculate that maybe I indeed say it out loud and perhaps my older sister had overheard and delivered me my prize. I had asked for something, I had tasted it, I'd felt it. I imagined myself scoffing down that sugary treat without worrying about the hows and the whys. I just prepared myself to receive it. Now, as I got older and wiser, my dreams were clouded with knowledge. Unfortunately, I would, I would pray, please, Lord, world, universe, God, someone, just let me have enough money to feed my kids. Or please, anyone, just let me have this one thing, this one thing, and I'll promise I'll do anything. Please take me, take me away from this place. Please make it stop. Then I would obsess with my OCD thoughts about how I could manipulate situations, juggle this and that just to make it work. I would plan it out on my book. I remember now I would open, you know, my brand new notebook and I would lay awake at night running all different scenarios through my head and none of them resulted in the things just coming my way. All of them involved me sacrificing my happiness to get what I needed. I scraped my way through life back then, feeling confident that every little win was what I deserved, but in turn, every failure was also what I deserved. I had forgotten the lesson that I learned all those years ago. If you want something, just ask. Feel it with everything. Have faith and your purse will once again be filled with a plethora of white chocolate mice. Now, a few years later, I was living with my dad's girlfriend and my father and her children and the foster children and everyone else. And it was my 10th birthday and we had just spent the day at my aunt's house and I was all in my feelings. Now, of course, I had gotten gifts from my aunt and she had made me have famous bread pudding, but I had gotten it in my head that a surprise party would be the most epic way to end my day. I think back then we lived about a 45 minute drive away and it was dark when we left my aunt and uncle's house and I was full of food but I just I just had this feeling and I'd been thinking about it all day now adults would have accepted that my birthday was coming to an end and when I walked through the door back home I would be directed straight to the bath and then to my bedroom however 10 year old me spotted the brightest star in the sky and I just made friends with it I followed it the entire way home, not letting my gaze slip away, even when I had to maneuver my head all over the place as we drove around the streets of London, much to the annoyance of my dad. But as I stared at that bright star, I played a movie in my head of myself walking through the front door, but not straight to the bathroom to get ready for bed straight into the living room to screams of happy birthday and applause and i I can see it i can see it now i was in my dad's car it was a red car a sierra i was wearing a red cable knit jumper and i can hear my dad singing along to Kenny, kenny rogers and tapping his fingers on the steering wheel now maybe i've added the kenny rogers moment and him tapping his fingers on the steering wheel because i miss him dearly and every time i think of him that's what i imagine but who knows now soon we were pulling up outside the shingle covered semi 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 semi. i mean i'm in two different countries one says semi and one says semi anyway um semi detached home in and uh, where i was living then and my stomach was alive with nerves i floated out the car and made my dad walk in before me i just knew that as soon as i walked through that door i would be able to smell sausage rolls and volivants. I just thought to myself as I'm reading this out loud that no one in America will know what a volivant is. And if you do, let's go eat some volivants because I love them and I haven't had one in 11 years. And listen, let me tell you, the universe did not disappoint. Pretty soon, I was tearing the wrapping paper off my Prince greatest hit CD. Yes, Prince. Yes, I was 10. And yes, I was weird. And I was feeling the first taste of elation that my troubled little mind had experienced in quite some time. Again, we could speculate that I overheard them planning my party or subconsciously read some signs that my young brain could only comprehend on a subconscious level, but that's not how it happened. Nothing in my life back then would predict that I would be singled out for such a treat. In fact, everything in my life back then would predict that I would be singled out for quite the opposite, or at least I felt that way. Now, we won't dwell in all the negative moments of my past because why we don't do that as i've told you before you can visit sadness but you can't stay so as you will learn throughout your time with me in my podcast feelings emotions dictate how your body communicates with the world and vibrations can change in a split second and you don't want to attract anything other than positivity so if your mantra is shit happens guess what shit happens so when i'm sharing these kind of moments with you it will only be briefly that we touch upon those moments that made me sad growing up. And I love it. I love the fact that as a very, very young child, I had such a huge connection to my universe. And it makes me smile. And I think this is one of the only chapters in my book so far, because, you know, I've got 60,000 words in here that I've read. And I actually feel like it doesn't matter what I was going through at the moment I was writing it. I still remember that Part of my life the same and I feel like it was the right way. Universal connection is so important. It's definitely something we're born with um, but we seem to kind of lose it as we get older. The more we experience life the more we distrust a lot of things and the more we move away from our imagination to try and grasp what we call reality but I'm kind of slowly learning as I dive more into this law of attraction world and manifesting world that we had it right the first time. I, I'm, I'm learning who I am, not who everyone thought I was, who I am and who I want to be. And that's integral to the flow of my communication between the universe and myself. How on earth do I expect to receive my wildest desires if I give the universe the wrong address? If I'm showing the universe this, this person that I don't even feel like I fit with I disassociated with my life so much that even if the universe knocked on my door, I wasn't there. I don't know. When I first started manifesting, I was asking for things more than anything. I want a new car. I want a new house. And I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. The more I get into it and the more I start to understand myself and love myself and like myself. You know, we've spoke about this before. I've stopped asking for things and... Started really thinking about what true happiness is. Yes, I want to make a million dollars before I'm 40. And again, we've talked about this before because I want financial freedom in order to share the wealth and share experiences with other people. I feel like I've missed out on so much by disassociating from myself for so long. Now, even if you have, you know, already got into manifesting, is it enough? Is it enough for you to decide that now is the time for you to look at life through new eyes? Because that's essentially what happens. Are you ready to completely change? Even if you don't yet feel strong enough to like alter your life, to accept the good that you deserve and to be ready, you have to be ready to at least to face your demons and forgive them. You don't have to always believe the words that come out of your mouth. You just have to force yourself to feel them. Imagine your new life. Imagine you have everything you have desired for yourself every day because I already know you haven't started learning about the power of manifestation and the law of attraction because you're ultimately inexcusably happy. You're here for a reason, like we all are. Something is missing in your life and you don't know what it is. So if you're struggling, let me give you some advice. I need you to adopt my favorite method and we call it the fuck it method. Now you're obviously here for a reason, we all are. You've been so busy daydreaming up the abundance and imagine yourself wearing all the jewels and driving all the fancy cars that you forgot very one very important step. Now this step is widely, okay, in my house by just me, known as the fuck it step. It's actually very fucking necessary because I also fucking know that you are doing all of those things to manifest a new fucking life because the one you are in doesn't fucking feel right. Maybe you're disassociating too. I know you dream of a slimmer body, a straighter smile, better clothes, fancy food, a shiny car, expensive vacations. I'm right, I know I am, because you're human, and I am human, and we share traits, and nine times out of 10, manifestors start their road to manifesting because something is missing. What's missing isn't things. The shiny car, the shoes, the clothes. Honey, what's missing is you. So next time you're photoshopping a photo, adding a filter to change your appearance, say fuck it, be brave, and post one just as it comes. I have to do this myself sometimes. It makes me cringe a little bit, especially because I'm a very British girl with very British teeth, which I'm fixing, which I manifested. Next time you're brushing your hair and avoiding those curves that just won't seem to go away and you can see them bulging over the top of your jeans, fuck it grab them tight, and say thank you, universe. When you're throwing a tantrum on your one and only night out because you can't find anything to wear that feels good, fuck it. Throw caution to the wind and just get the fuck out of the house. Unless you're all in 100% of the time, the universe will always hold something back. It's time to love the person that you are. But it takes time. So until you believe that you are worthy, just say fuck it. Until you're back in that feeling like you were when you were a child, when there was no, you know, difference between believing and not believing, everything was just, it was just exactly what you said it was. Your wishes came true. When you blew that candle out on your birthday, you 100% believed if you shared that wish that it wouldn't come true, right? Because you believed in it. I think as we got older, that's what we've lost, ultimately. it makes me sad alas we don't have to worry about that anymore guys because here we are our manifesting community and we're sharing the things that we love and that is positivity and getting to know ourselves and getting to know each other and just building up each other so high that we never want to feel those disassociative negative feelings about each other or ourselves again I get a little bit tore up when I think about that. And here's why. I used to be that person you would call up and you would say, hey, Denny, how you doing today? And I would go, oh, I'm good, I'm just tired. And I would always say I'm tired, even when I wasn't tired. Because I lived in a constant state that I would just have something negative to say about myself all the time. And you know what, I got tired of that. I love me. I love who I look at in the mirror now. I love waking up in the morning and brushing my teeth and staring at myself with the extra 30 pounds that I've put on since I got sober and I love saying, fuck it, I'm alive. And I got good friends now and an amazing girlfriend and I co-parent with a great ex-husband. Let's stop focusing on all the things that have gone wrong. Let's stop telling each other that we have stupid dreams Let's tell, stop telling each other that it's not reality, it's not real life. Karen, it's not your life, it's not your reality because I just manifested myself in an editorial this week that I'm fucking proud of. And I'm about to have a packed out event in Salt Lake City in September that you're all gonna be at. And I'm really excited about that. Because not one person is going to leave without feeling so fucking happy and so excited that they just want to hug everybody before they go. That makes me smile. Anyway, this is the end of the podcast of episode six. I got slightly emotional and actually I had already recorded a whole different episode, but something was telling me that it wasn't time to share that one. This was the story I needed to share. So sorry if it doesn't seem as pieced together as usual because this was literally just thrown together because I felt I needed to say it, let alone you guys needed to hear it. This was a very therapeutic episode for me and I'm glad I got to do it. So this has been episode seven of The Sober Manifesto. I am your host, Denora. That still feels weird. And I am so looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Have a great day.